space. The final frontier. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to one. That's how you can tell we're serious. We made official space opening production elements now. We're, and we're doing them for other elements, too. We're doing it for science and stuff. But today we're talking about space. And we talked about this briefly a while ago. Um, space junk. I mean, there is just a ton of it up there, and it's becoming a bigger and bigger problem. So to help us try and make sense of it all, we're going to chat with Dr. Morba Jaw, who is an associate professor at the University of Texas, the chief scientific advisor to the space tracking startup Privateer. Dr. Jaw, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. How's it going, my brother? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. What was your grad song? Do you even remember? You know, I think, it, yeah, it was, it was probably like uh, some Whitney Houston thing or something. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's the worst. they got to do away with grad songs. Okay, let, let's talk about space junk here. I mean, it, it just continues to grow, right? Like, in terms of the junk and this, how busy is orbit around Earth right now? Yeah, look, I mean, we are currently tracking about 50,000 things uh, ranging in size from cell phone to the space station, out of which 5,000 work and everything else is garbage. Okay, and it now what's the deal? It just basically is anything that's not used anymore, it's, you know, it's rockets, whatever the case may be, and it just, it just, what was the plan? Just leave it there? It's just going to sit there? <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, the, every single satellite that we launch its destiny is to become junk because at some point the thing stops working. And if it's sufficiently low, uh, you know, several hundred kilometers above the surface, then eventually it will like reenter and burn up in the atmosphere, hopefully. But if it's much higher than that, like over a thousand kilometers of altitude pretty much stays up there forever. And so it's, yeah, it's just, it's a bad deal, man. And, and when things <laughs> stop working, we just keep on launching stuff. Well, yeah. this, this is the thing, like humans been going to space for over 60 years now, but most of the junk that's up there has gone up there in the past, what, two, three, four years? Yeah. So interestingly enough, we, there's like this new kind of uh, gold rush or bonanza in space. And, um, you know, when I started doing this whole tracking stuff in Earth orbit back in like 2006, there was only like 1,200 working satellites. And now there's like 5,000, uh, half of which are owned by Elon. Yeah, exactly. That Starlink system he put up there, right? Yeah. Yep. Now, all the stuff that's up there, I mean, I, I've seen stories where International Space Station um, residents, I don't know what you call them, they were told to be prepared they might get smacked into. There was just something last week that almost got ran into. Are, are collisions becoming inevitable at this point? Collisions, collisions between really small things and, and stuff that we care about happen, I think, frequently. Um, but they're not uh, cataclysmic. Yeah. What we want to avoid, yeah, so what we want to avoid, right, is uh, people losing their lives and stuff like that, or satellites providing critical services from stopping the work, and these things are happening, but I, I can tell you that it doesn't help when people blow up their own satellites on orbit like Russia did in November. That's not so good. Yeah, tell us about that incident. That caused all kinds of problems that continue to this day and will for some time. What happened there? It's crazy. It's like... You know, it's it's this idea of doing the saber rattling and uh, showing some sort of I don't know superpower might kind of you know flexing muscles on orbit and just you know blowing up one of their own satellites in an orbit that now uh, is a hazard to and, and and threatens the lives of of astronauts and even some cosmonauts, their own people on the space station yeah. and these sorts of things. It's 
It's dumb. It's it's a really stupid. Out of many stupid things, that's definitely one of them. <laughs> okay, now you're working on trying to track all this stuff. Is that what Privateer does? Yeah. Well, so what Privateer is trying to do is um, it's it's trying to be like a, a platform company, kind of like you know iPhone comes with certain apps and 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 basically making uh, data and information available for for people that want to develop cool applications that can help humanity. And that's what Privateer wants to do is, is, is be that for humanity. But some of the initial apps that we're deploying are things related to, you know, helping orbital safety and, mm-hmm. and helping with collision risk and that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask. Like, if you're somebody who's launching a satellite or you've got, you're making plans to launch a satellite, how big of a factor is sort of trying to determine, okay, where is it going to go and how is it going to avoid running into some of the junk that's flying around? And can that even be done? So it's a big concern. The, the, so the bad news is that it can't be done with a lot of accuracy and precision. So part of it is relying on the strategy of hope that you don't run into something. Um, there's Seriously, the strategy that, you know, of hope? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious, man. Don't you love that? It does not make you feel warm and fuzzy inside? Well, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, these guys can actually land a rocket on an asteroid. And they're sending things up into near orbit with a wing and a prayer and their fingers crossed. Pretty much, yeah. Craziness, craziness. Now, in terms of what could go wrong, like you mentioned, you know, life-sustaining services that we rely on satellites for. I mean, how realistic is it that one day some piece of junk is going to collide with some piece of um, space technology that we rely on down here on Earth? Yeah, very, very realistic. I mean, everything from, you know, global navigation satellite systems that, um, you know, tell us, you know, go, here's how you get from point A to point B and, and timing services to climate change uh, monitoring. Um, satellites are providing unique data to help us understand things like, you know, wars in Ukraine and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's very likely that any one of these satellites gets schwacked. Uh, that's the technical term, gets schwacked by one of these pieces of junk um, and then stops working. And then, you know, we, we don't have these things sitting on shelves just ready to, like, launch and, 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 and uh, you know, replace. So that's the problem. Um, okay. Uh, questions from listeners and a couple of them saying the same thing. Explain orbit to us if you can. Um, does everything go in the same direction? If it's locked in position, is it locked in position or will it move? I mean, or can you pretty get a pretty good idea of, okay, this is where it is, this is where it's going, and this is how fast it's moving? Yeah, I love this question. So I think the, the, way, the best way to think about an orbit, something in orbit is in a constant state of free fall. So imagine that you and I, we're all in, in, in a room together, and the room gets pushed off the edge of a cliff but never hits the ground. That's what an orbit is. And the, and the reason it doesn't hit the ground is because it has enough horizontal speed that it keeps on missing. So an orbit is something that's always falling and always missing, uh, you know, the main, the main body. And so, yeah, I mean, if we, if whenever we launch something, we put something into an orbit, give it the right horizontal speed, we have a we have a good idea of where the thing is in general, yeah. but very accurately we don't because other things start influencing motion. And and does everything move in the same direction, or is it all going in different directions, or is it sort of everybody's doing the same dance? So the problem is that things in the same orbit are going the so so any given uh, any given orbit 
think of it as a highway. It, it's, it's all one direction in that orbital highway. But the problem is we have highways that cross each other, and, and there are no overpasses. They, like, literally cross each other. And so, so there's no stoplights and stuff. That's the problem. It, it, it's crazy when you think about it, Doc, because we're at the beginning. I mean, there's just going to be more and more and more and more stuff headed up there. I mean, someone's going to... Are people working on a plan to say, okay, we're going to, I don't know, clean it up or or come up with some way of making sure this doesn't turn into a, a catastrophe? Yeah. Look, 93 countries signed uh, by consensus this document, uh, 21 guidelines for long-term sustainability at the United Nations uh, Committee on Peaceful Uses of Outer Space just a couple years ago. So now what has to happen is each one of these 93 countries needs to make these guidelines, you know, law in their own country, and then hold their own citizenry, you know, responsible, uh, uh, you know, accountable for, for following that. And if somebody doesn't, then they should, you know, do something about yeah. it. So that's what needs to happen next. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Draw, thank you so much for your time today. Great discussion. I appreciate it very much. Love sharing with you, my brother. Okay, we'll do this again. Thank you, sir. All right, cheers. That's Dr. Morba Jaw, who is uh, an associate professor at the University of Texas and the chief scientific advisor to the space tracking startup Privateer.